0: Welcome back to another edition of He Said. She Said. I'm Peter Shorsh. I'm Michelle Todd Shorsch. We're uh, taping our second episode of the second season. Are we allowed to call it a season? I, I
1: mean, I haven't yet committed to a second season. <laughs> I know that you keep trying to force me to, and you got me in the studio today. So... Uh. Odds are that we're in a second season. You're like, I know that you other, have the next one planned.
0: You're you're like a Netflix like TV star. Like we we can't like lock you in yet to get the I'm not
1: signing the contract.
0: Wow. Even with Netflix money behind it? Come on.
1: Am I gonna get Netflix money?
0: I, I think I think the world thinks that you get Netflix money already. I mean well, so the world would be wrong. <laughs> um We're going to have Jeff Brandis on, but first, uh, it's this interesting time of year. It's like, I always say May is the new December, because it's like the craziest schedule ever.
1: It is. End of the year is such a crazy rush. It kind of starts off with teacher appreciation. It doesn't kind of. It does start off with teacher appreciation week. Right. Which, if you're not aware teacher appreciation week is like a big thing it used to be a day now it's a week now and in our week. household we very much appreciate te- teachers so it's a big deal
0: you got mother's day which you know i i i am proud of my mother's day turning that into a week basically you
1: did a really great job i mother's think I, day. Was,
0: I worked on it well like you always say tell people like what you expect and you know and you have it's only taking you 10 mother's days to <laughs> that's not true
1: you always do a good job with mother's day but yes i i do let you know my expectations and then you deliver yep. there's no i you're not a mind reader and i learned very early in our marriage not to expect you to be one yep just like you tell me what you want it works very well
0: well and like I. and just by def- saying
1: what i want to be clear you know i like, don't give you like a list right. it's not we just give each other no, suggestions you're actually... for like how we like to feel appreciated and what well. How did I want to feel appreciated on Mother's Day itself?
0: You, I was just going to say, not only this time, but previous times, you just like to, like, chill out at the house, specifically the pool, have a lazy day. We watched TV out in the, by the pool. And on Facebook memories, you know, the same days are not – The Mother's Day was not the same day, obviously, so it popped up a couple days later, and it said, like, four years ago, you're like, all I wanted for Mother's Day was to be with the people who I love, hang out, have an easy day, so –
1: That's all I wanted. And like my hot take is I hate a Mother's Day brunch. A Mother's Day brunch is just work for me. And so it's like the last thing I want to do, like having to get Ella dressed and up and out and I have to get dressed and like presentable for photos. And it's just the last thing I want. I'd rather just hang out, have a lazy, quiet moment, loving the people I love and laughing in the pool and then maybe take me to a nice dinner.
0: I think also like right now, while you and I are both trying to eat healthier, Like, brunch is probably, like, the last place, like, I can go. I mean, certainly. I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm just going to have bloody, you know, three or four Bloody Marys and, you know, all the, um, I'll eat, I I always eat shrimp cocktail and I'm allergic to shrimp. And that's just not good for me at a brunch. (laughs) Seriously, he
1: will eat a shrimp cocktail as I'm telling him, you're allergic to shrimp. Don't eat that. And he'll say, oh, I'm not really allergic. Well, he just went to a new allergist. And how allergic are you to shrimp?
0: Yeah. I'm not as allergic to shrimp as I am horses, but yeah, it's uh, definitely like, great
1: ironies. He's off the scale allergic to horses, but he's a great horse dad.
0: They uh, they told me uh, the, the doctor was like, "You carry an EpiPen, right?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "To these shows," and I'm, she's like, "I'm like, no," and she's like, "You should have, you could have died multiple times already on this." Like, but you
1: do have an EpiPen. I made you get one years ago. What'd you do with it? Or did, did you, you never you? pick up the, the prescription?
0: I don't think I got one.
1: You did. Because you were, like, complaining at how expensive. You could not believe how much an EpiPen costs. Maybe it's in the medicine.
0: I, I don't know. Um, all right. So we had uh, teacher appreciation, Mother's Day.
1: You're traveling again for work, which I really hate. If you all would please stop inviting my husband <laughs> to conferences, I would be very happy. Yeah, the panel
0: circuit is back uh, in full effect. I've had a bunch of virtual ones with my – I called him my work wife, Matt Dixon of Politico. He and I do our kind of odd couple – straight and funny routine when we do these and, you know, we've got our stick down. But the the big one I like I was actually I flew down to Puerto Rico for uh, the American Association of Political Consultants Conference, um, and it was cool um, because they invited me on and I was it was a media panel about the midterms and the other people it was Henry Olson from the um, Washington Post, Jessica Taylor from The Cook Report a reporter from the Los Angeles Times. So it was these three heavy hitter, like real, real working political reporters. They were brilliant in their encyclopedic knowledge of like they could just like, well, you know, Michigan 12th congressional, that's been plus seven for 16 years. And now it's plus four point. You're like my knowledge of Florida politics they have at the national level. And I was worried for a second. But then everybody wants to talk about DeSantis. And then I just I did my usual thing where. I think I did kind of have the best line like they kept talking about the Pennsylvania primaries and about Dr. Oz and Dr. Oz and Dr. Oz and I'm like I'm like can we all just take a breath for a second and just marvel at the fact and I said how batshit crazy it is that we're talking about Dr. Oz as a U.S. Senate candidate and like that just kind of broke the ice and then
1: I just don't understand I mean I you couldn't pay me to vote for Dr. Oz someone who's (laughs) only famous because Oprah Winfrey decided to start featuring him on her television show. Yeah. But you were fine on that panel because as we all know, it generally comes down to Florida, Florida, Florida. So your knowledge of Florida politics is, especially going into this cycle, yet again, Florida is going to be the center.
0: They they just all wanted, everybody, both sides wanted to know about DeSantis. You know, uh, it's Trump, 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 DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis. Trump, 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 DeSantis. I mean, it's like that's all they want to talk about.
1: So what did you say about DeSantis?
0: Um, I was actually very complimentary, as I usually am. Like I I talked about, you know, just, you know, how how strong he is at fundraising that, you know, like the strategy. I talked about like my prediction that I do think that if he wins the uh, governor's race, which he's on track to, I would say, you know, that he's the thing about him is that he will jump out early, that he'll jump out maybe next, a year from now. Uh, Like I could see a Memorial Day launch to a presidential campaign. And that way he's not running against Donald Trump. Donald Trump, who will wait till the end... To you really get, think gonna, he's going to launch
1: on Memorial Day? What well, a terrible day to launch a presidential campaign. It's the day that we're supposed to honor the fallen, and he's going to make it about himself. I mean, I could I, see him uh, doing that because the arrogance would absolutely lead you there.
0: I'm just talking about, like, Memorial Day weekend or, like, early right, summer. Again,
1: not when you should do it.
0: Early summer, patriotic, like, you know, rah, rah, rah. That
1: Memorial Day is not just about patriotism. All right,
0: patriotism. Then July 4th... But, it, for, I'm not talking about him syncing it with Memorial Day. I'm talking about, like, a, a year I know. I just early. had to
1: give you a hard time. I had to split hairs like I always you, do.
0: You did split hairs so on So did that. you
1: give any criticisms about DeSantis, or are we only sharing positive things about DeSantis this week because the last pod was too liberal?
0: Uh, I was I, – I mean, you had to be – you have to be mostly positive about when you're talking about – if they're asking about political fortunes, political predictions, like, I'm like, yeah, I think he's, you know, set to win. You know, what are – what are his strengths, et cetera? But I also, you know, I, I warned them again. I'm like, listen, when he – I said – I'm like when we turn him over from us, the Capitol Press Corps of Florida, over to you all talking about the national reporters, like they're they're able to cow us. Like they have been able to avoid us and, and, and beat down certain reporters, et cetera. That shit's just not going to fly at the national level like when – CNN and when the Washington Post and when all of the national media descends and he's got to deal with 600 reporters because that's the I mean and that whole all the quote boys on the bus from that uh, book when they all start following him around he's not going to be able to rope them off or anything like that so that's one thing that's going to change and then you know his greatest Achilles heel is his retail politics just his lack of you know empathy his lack of I think being able to interact with anybody who isn't just a true true believer. And so he's going to get up into, you know, New Hampshire living rooms, and he may be a star, and they're going to want to hear what he has to say. And he's going to go to the Iowa Steak Fry, and it'll be interesting to see what he does at the retail level. And that was basically my strong criticism of that. And so I did that, got back inside of a day. I'm proud. Can i I got to give a shout-out to our friends at Sex Media and HCA. They were down there and are going to win a poly for a public awareness, so I was – It was funny to see people that I haven't seen in like two and a half years uh, who are big sponsors of Florida politics. Um, I'm like, I have to go all the way to San Juan to see my friends in Tallahassee. So it was cool to see some of them. And then there was just a lot of other.
1: For the record, I'm salty that Hmm. the conference was this time of year because I couldn't go to Puerto Rico with you. I couldn't even justify pulling my kid out of school, which I normally would do because – it's like the last full week of school. So well, thanks planners for uh, planning it <laughs> on the bat. Like one week earlier would have been good and we could have come too.
0: Our friend uh, Joy Friedman was doing a big event down there and early on she invited – she's like, can Michelle and – do you and Michelle want to come to my Taste of Puerto Rico event that I'm hosting? And um, – and no, she didn't even say Taste of Puerto Rico. She's just like, do you – I have an invitation to send. I thought she was doing some like post-pandemic wedding thing. But when I went there and I talked to her about it um, – She's just like, well, Michelle's always with the, with you at these events, so that's kind of our, you know. So yeah, everybody was surprised that you weren't, you know, that there wasn't an Ella Joyce sighting. That it's there the was the end of not, the school year.
1: Yeah. It's busy, busy, busy. We have lots to do.
0: And the school year, while I was away, you were crushing it on like field trip world.
1: Well, that was yeah. Accidentally, we I chaperoned three field trips in one day. Uh, our awesome St. Pete City Council member. Brandy Gabbard agreed to give my Girl Scout troop a tour of City Hall. We had been working to schedule that for a few weeks. We set the date and because of timing issues, I needed to fill some time and I saw a way to get my girls two badges in one day. So I added a visit to the St. Petersburg Museum of History because a visit to City Hall ties in with learning about our history and it worked out. And then a week before the field trip, her school lets us know, oh, field trips are back at school. And we we're going to have a field trip on the same day as your Girl Scout field trip. So I chaperoned the her class to Mosey, and then we had the two field trips, and it was awesome. It was great to be back out with our kids. It was great to see them learning. Um,
0: well, you wrote about it on Facebook, and I wrote a, 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 about it. I, I know how particular you are about um, when you have a great Facebook post, you like me to just share it and not trying. And, and I get that. Like, why are you just, like, putting one word on it, and now there's, like, now... You
1: love to steal my social media interactions. Well, you're an incredible me out of writer.
0: Well, I stopped doing it, but you're an incredible writer, and so I'm like, wow, she articulated Ella's birthday so much better than I did. Um, but like, just uh, your journey from the beginning of the year, like it really hit home when you put that all down. Like, I like you were you were so we had a back to school night event. I think it was like the second week of school, right? And you were so frail, and your clothes were hanging off of you because you had lost so much. Weight from the hospital stay and from
1: starving to death. From
0: starving to death. I mean, so frail. And people were like shocked to see you at that event because they had just heard all of the horror stories. And and you you it was like it was a it took all of your strength to get to the front row of that. And then
1: well, the school was awesome. They gave us this parking space. They reserved the easiest seats for me to get in and out. Made an elevator accessible to me so I could use my walker. It was a
0: and now a year, not a year later, but less than a year later, you did a Friday night baseball game, horse show, horse show, three field trips. And you had the strength to get all through that. Then while I'm away, you took her to Practically Picasso. So just having the strength, the physical strength for all of that is incredible.
1: Yeah. I, and and it's just kind of crazy how time passes. And like, yes, we've done a lot of like before my illness and after my illness. And like we acknowledge it, of course, but it's just it's no longer a part of like the day to day fabric yeah. of our lives. and it just hit me on Monday while I was with the kids that not, there wasn't a second that I even questioned if I could do it and what a miracle that is. Like how great is God that I'm alive and not even just alive, but like fully healthy that I can lean into my parenting even more than ever before, because I also have this new perspective where each day is a gift. And uh, so while some people may have rescheduled, some field trips because that was too much of one day. There just was no way I was gonna do it because tomorrow's not promised.
0: I also, as you're sitting here saying that it occurs to me uh, with your journey and now my journey just over the last like four months, like, you know, I always love that line, time is the fire in which we burn. And time is just such a major part of the human journey. Like, and it's, it's literally the one thing we can't accelerate. It's the one thing we have zero, control over it's we are just constantly reacting to it but the best human journeys really are about they do take a lot of time like and you just can't like you cannot overnight make substantial changes you can decide to make those changes but it really is and I guess maybe I, I don't want, I love you know how I love social media it is amazing when you see the year you know the Facebook memories and you see how this like winding river of like how how far you've come on this and then like you just it's just nothing not nothing but very few things are um are quickly achieved that they take months and then and then you know the best part is you almost forget how long it is and that tells you that you've been past it like you're not hung up on you know the, the 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 it's almost like a the breakup singing swingers you forget about the girl only you know how long is it going to take only after you meet the next one or something like that
1: yeah and it was interesting because today when I was driving home from dropping off Ella at school I just had a thought that like I can't even remember having an ostomy bag yeah and at that time of my life You could have never told me that it would have been so far in the rearview mirror that I forgot what that was like. It was an
0: elephant in the room. Like it was was ostomy bag, ostomy bag, ostomy bag, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was Fred. It was all
1: about Fred all the time. And um, so it, it is the passage of time. You're right. It's just the journey is quite beautiful and it does take time to get through it. And it's like we are, I mean, I kind of quickly got to a place where I saw all that stuff as a blessing, but even more so now, I think our whole family can kind of see the journey as a blessing.
0: Speaking of journeys, (laughs) (laughs) we are about to embark on one, um, and we promise Jeff Brandis is going to be on our next segment here, but we are going to embark on one. On uh, one? Well, a a, A lot. A summer of, I mean, this is YOLO summer if there ever was one. Um, But we're starting next week, next Thursday, we do our political friend gathering with Jim Rimes and Stephanie Smith. Friday. Friday. And then from there, we are going to...
1: London. This is finally, when I get to London, and we are going to the Queen's Platinum Jubilee because you're the best husband in the world who, you know, doesn't roll his eyes at my obsession with all things royal.
0: Well, that is, uh, that we will be probably recording a podcast from the hotel and then taking a little bit of a break, and then we'll recap England for everyone. So, um, all right, let's, we got our summer mapped out. Why don't we uh, take a break and then we'll come back with uh, Jeff Brandis. All right, joining us now is our friend, Republican State Senator of Pinellas County, Jeff Brandis.
2: Great to be with you. Great to see you. Thank
0: you. When's the last time you guys saw each other?
2: In person, probably like six months ago, maybe? Maybe was longer?
1: It, it had to be longer, right? It may have been longer. I'm,
0: yeah. Was it a school thing? I don't Did think so. We, no, because no, no, our, kids,
1: our, our kids don't even go to the same school anymore. Right.
0: Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. It's been a while.
1: It's been a while. It's been a while. How's the family?
2: Everybody's great. Everybody's Good. great.
1: Good.
0: Well, and he's now up in the neighborhood that we used to live at. He um he Don't say it. I won't I Thank know you. I'm not allowed. Peter to... has
1: a terrible habit of broadcasting. <laughs> he to lives at one two three four. The name of our school, our address. <laughs> it's just things we like to not publicize. I think Jeff would like his neighborhood to stay private.
0: I'm uh, I'm I actually miss that neighborhood because it would have been perfect during the pandemic, because it's just like it's a bubble it's a bubble it's a great bubble a, and if
1: you'd lived up there when we lived up there we probably wouldn't have left yeah yeah that's for sure it's just so far away from everyone yes it is
0: they're just always surprised though they still have not figured out like the idea that there are FedEx drivers and UPS drivers there's like there's a UPS driver do you want us to let us let him in i'm like Does he have the big brown truck? Like, do you think like Do you think this was a whole setup to like rob me? I'm like, like it's it's Ocean's Eleven or something like that. Yeah,
1: they get very confused by the Amazon delivery drivers. Yes, it was,
0: and and we Amazon a lot, and and it was just like one, and they're like all day long they just wouldn't they would not believe us they're like there's an Uber driver and he, does he have the Chinese food well then let him in I mean we're not <laughs> <laughs> we're just not lying
1: they I imagine let us have better now no we're they wouldn't m- let us in once we had our driver driving us in and I they wanted our driver's license yeah and we're just like, we're really like, like it's our regular it. driver like, you, it's
0: we live at the end of the street here but yeah okay. so
1: All good. That's
0: fine. All All right. So we'll talk a little politics first because as this gets – we'll probably drop this on the start of the latest special session. The special session was called to handle property insurance. I mean right away I want to ask, did you kind of guilt everybody into doing that?
2: I think (laughs) I started the fire, but I didn't – I'm not carrying the torch. Uh, Hmm. I think that's the way I would put it. I think – Look, it's one of the biggest issues facing Floridians right now, and it was unresolved during regular session. I think it needed this focus of a special session. Clearly, the House and Senate weren't going to do anything, Uh, you know, and so it became really our team that put together this letter and just said fired it off and said guys we're going to give you a few days to make a decision here but if not we're going to go poll the legislature oh and by the way we can poll the legislature all summer long <laughs> so we can we can keep coming back to the well over and over again and we've got the votes to get these things out So they played a few games, obviously they, you know, they didn't launch the letter until Passover weekend um, at Thursday at five o'clock and then expected it back by Monday at noon. Uh, So there were some games being played there, but, but ultimately, uh, you know, the governor called the special session. I think that's very positive. I think it puts him in the driver's seat, which is what, which really what was needed. The governor needed to step up and and really force the issue for the house and Senate to get to where they need to go.
0: I think as he's saying that, um, You worked for the last governor who had to do a... Who
2: called a special session on on
0: property property
1: insurance. Right.
0: And I don't think so. Basically, the issue... That governor
1: didn't have to have his arm twisted to do it, just to be clear.
0: That's true. Sorry.
1: Sorry. I just... uh, But listen, I'm glad you did it. As I was telling Peter, uh, one of my best friends from college sells insurance, and she has been lamenting to me how many providers are are leaving the state, how many people call her crying every day. And I... Literally got a text message from her. How is this Jeff Brandis guy? Is he for real? Is he going to help save the property insurance company industry? Yeah. And so Mary Jo is listening.
2: So Well, you know, there was this whole Jim Cramer episode back in the, back in the day when the market was falling apart where he was like, they're going to go, all these companies are going to go out of business and they're nuts. I mean, that's kind of like his famous thing on TV. And that's kind of how I felt, right? Yeah. Like this visceral reaction, like nobody is doing anything on this issue. I can tell you how bad things are. I, I can see we've lost a company a month for the last three months, we have another company that just basically let go 70,000 customers a week and a half before hurricane season. And you know, how bad does it have to get before the legislature finally begins to act and does the things it knows it needs to do? It isn't like we don't know the solutions. We absolutely know the solutions. It's just having the political courage to do it. How did we and get here? And don't we
1: think solving this issue is more beneficial as hurricane season starting than, say, uh, Sales tax holiday to buy hurricane supplies. Like this is what is the most important. Don't make thing.
0: fun of Freedom Week. I oh, mean, Lord. or or, or camping. It's a week. feel
1: good thing that you can campaign on. And like, listen, it's beneficial for a week, but people are getting dropped from their property insurance policies right as we're about to have hurricane season start, and they're now going to have to pay significantly more money then they'll be saving in sales tax when they well, go no, buy her This, this
2: is just kind of par for the course. For the last couple of sessions, we've really focused on issues that that are not the meat and potato issues of Florida. They're the meat and potato issues of national politics, and I understand why. I mean, you have to hold everything up to the light of, does this help with the presidential run? And if you believe that, which I do, um, then, then, then all of the decisions kind of make sense. But in the meantime, you've got to deal with the, the meat and potato issues that are kind of facing Floridians property insurance being number one. I mean, that housing affordability being number two. Like, I mean, you you know, you've got to kind of tick down some of these big issues and we just aren't doing enough.
0: All right. So just, I want because, you know, I know you've been hammering on it and I know you know it better than, you know, 99 percent. But how did we get
2: here? Like we got here from a combination of really three or four things. Really, it's it's bad law, some bad court cases out of the Supreme Court. Uh, Florida Supreme Court or U.S.? The Florida Supreme Court. Okay. Uh, You know, a hyperactive trial bar. I mean, there's a reason when you go outside, you see two things in Florida, the sun and a trial bar billboard. And and so that's, you know, a hyperactive trial bar and, and in conjunction with contractors and public adjusters who exploited the law, basically weaponized the Florida law. And then finally, a legislature that knew about this and chose to look the other way.
0: All right. So what are the court cases? What was that?
2: Though no, you had the Sibo decision, uh, and you had uh, you know you had this con- concurrent causation decision that says, "Hey, listen, if 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 uh, if a peril, if let's say it this way, if if your roof was damaged, and it had probably three or four different reasons, it's a twenty-year-old roof, the shingles are coming up, but you had a hailstorm two years ago, because that one peril was was in there and not the other perils, then that one peril kicks in the insurance." Okay. Provision, right? Got it. So it's this, mul- you know, it was this concurrent causation kind of doctrine that came out. So that was one. The um, state of Florida has a rule that unlike any other state where if 25% of your roof is damaged, you get a brand new roof. Uh, and so when you kind of take these two things together, other every other state's at 50% or more. Florida has a standard where you have to replace it with the exact same type of tile versus a similar type of tile. Hmm. Um, These types of those those types of things taken together really create this opportunity for for Florida to just become a cesspool of litigation, which is where we're at now. I've heard
0: you cite a stat about like Florida's ranking on uh, like how many cases or something like that. So
2: Florida represents just 8 percent of total U.S. property claims, but we are 80 percent of the litigation in the country. So Florida will have 100 had in 2021, 107,000 property insurance lawsuits mm. in Florida.
1: Because the, we have attorneys, right? Right.
2: Knocking on doors. Well, you have att- You have contractors knocking on doors who are in partnership with attorneys. I mean, listen, I tried to get my house pressure washed the other day. Before I could complete the estimate, I was asked, do you want to get a free roof inspection for your house to see if your insurance company will basically buy you a new roof? It's, it, and it's everywhere. And so enough people take them up. So, what's really going on big in Florida roof. is... Well, I've always
0: warned about big roof. <laughs> well, it's, but,
2: but here's what's going on. You and I are buying our neighbors roofs, and we're paying for it in higher property insurance premiums. Right. And what we're also doing is giving the trial bar a ton of money. And the, what's what's completely out of whack right now is the amount of litigation. Basically, these guys have turned their, their law firms into smoke-building factories of litigation, and you no longer have a property insurance market in Florida. You have a litigation management market. I mean, even Citizens Property Insurance got thousand lawsuits last month.
0: Wow! Wow! And you're not—I mean, just for the people listening, you're—I've never known you to be particularly like anti-trial bar lawyers. I mean, I know that you're a businessman. I know that you've been in it, but you're not like no. You're not I one think one of these they, folks. they have a
2: role. They have a role to play, but they've weaponized the law. And when you've weaponized the law, you throw you throw actuarial science out the window. Listen, property insurance is really there to take care of catastrophic risk. Right. You basically hedge yourself against catastrophic risk. It's not there as a home maintenance agreement. Did you read that article in Vice? I think it was out like the
0: last day or so talking about does anybody understand what a hurricane in Miami would do to the entire global economy right now? Yeah. Like that it would just destroy, like with everything that's going on, like that would be the not the straw, but you wipe out that, you would wipe out the insurance market, you would foreclosures, and that would be it. Like there would be no way. That they could recover. Look,
2: uh, citizens right now has doubled in the last eighteen months. It has six billion dollars in cash, um, divided amongst three accounts, and it has access to some more cash in the CAT fund in other areas. But it has about three hundred billion dollars in liabilities. Jesus. And wow. so, a major storm—if you got like the nineteen twenty-four storm that hit hit Miami—it would be a forty billion-dollar event for citizens, right? And and that means every Floridian would be taxed as part of their insurance policies. An assessment just to cover the losses of citizens. So what's going on right now is just it's beyond collapse. You have nobody's investing in Florida real estate in the insurance market in Florida. The companies are pulling out. Citizens is growing exponentially, and if you use just citizens as a barometer for the health of the of the insurance market in Florida, like we are on death's door.
0: What? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask. Okay. So this is horrible. Then what are they going to do next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday?
2: Oh, it depends. Like Here's the thing. You have a patient that's bleeding out on the table, uh, essentially. And so you've got a couple options. We could just triage and try to get to regular session. So we could put some tourniquets on some things, cat fund reform minimum.
0: Which is what kind of the insurance companies want to do because they want to deal, I think, more so with Kathleen Pasadomo and Paul Renner than really Chris Sprouls, who's been – and I, I, for a variety of reasons has been kind of the like the stop to this issue moving forward. I mean, is that an accurate?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's, that's the way I would put it. I mean, I think that there's kind of one person holding this up in the House. It isn't the House of Leadership combined. It's it's really it's really the speaker who has put his foot down and said, no, we're not going to you know, you shall not pass. Essentially, um, the, the, the problem with that is. You know, that is, he says, well, listen, let's just wait until next year and we'll let the the Senate Bill 76 from 2021 kick in. That's kind of like the strategy of hope. Uh, You know, and I'm somebody who believes that hope isn't a strategy. You actually have to act. We know what the best practices are, we know what the problems are, we know how to fix it. Um, All we have to do is model ourselves after other states that have done this and and we can do it. Now they'll say, listen, well, we passed the Texas legislation from last year. Well, you really didn't pass the Texas legislation. You passed pieces of it. It's like saying, well, I'm gonna bake a cake, but I'm only gonna add six of the, of the 12 ingredients that were the same, and the rest, I'm gonna add other ingredients. You're not gonna get the same product. <laughs> and that's what happened in Florida. We didn't get the same product that Texas did because we didn't add all the ingredients that Texas did. Um, and so we know what needs to happen. I think at this juncture, it's really the governor and the Senate that are going to have to come together, coalesce around a series of ideas, recognize that the governor has all the sticks and all the carrots at this juncture. A 600-pound gorilla in Florida politics, the, the, the primaries don't close out for a few more weeks, the budget's still on the table. You know, Chris Browse can move your parking space for, for a week, um, but that's about it. So he's out of carrots, out of sticks. The governor has all the carrots, all the sticks, uh, and, and should be able to get this thing done
1: what would you like to see happen in the special session? So like the governor comes in and his proposals that he is behind. What would you like to see like your well, wish listen, list my best wish case scenario? List, like,
2: yeah. My best case scenario is get rid of one-way attorney's fees, get rid of assignment of benefits, like which is Texas and, and North Carolina have done. Allow for us to treat people like adults and allow them to, to get an actual cash value policy on their roof versus a full replacement cost, allow more flexibilities for carriers and and individuals to work together to price a policy to their pocketbook. At the end of the day, we have to realign incentives so that people are putting money away from their home for their roofs when they're 20 years old, um, that they're buying a product that they can afford, uh, and that that the carriers are allowed to offer a product that makes sense for them to offer. What's going on today is because they have to offer optional coverage, and many markets, they won't even offer coverage because you may choose full replacement cost, even though they'll offer you an actual cash value policy if you choose. So you've got to do those types of things because fundamentally, you've got to get litigation down. Can I offer my number
0: one solution? I just don't know why we have roofs. Like I think, like a lot of people, I, some people I've been talking to in Tallahassee are tired of big roof. And if we can just eliminate that,
2: either that or do what Shakespeare said and just kill all the attorneys, right? Like,
0: <laughs> and there's, there's, first, and there's first, that. first, just give of
2: the lawyers. <laughs> there's, well, there's, because that's what's really driving this issue, right? It, they they have found uh, the the cash cow and they're mining this this vein of of property insurance claims. And, you know, everybody, I understand, like, people don't like their insurance company. We've trained them not to like their insurance right. company in Florida. But you need your insurance company in Florida.
0: I, I love the trial. I love trial lawyers because, I mean, you know, 10 years ago it was workers' comp or whatever. And 20 years ago it was MedMal. And it's like these firms just move yeah, what they're, are, like, you know. They
2: play chess. The rest of the of the legislature is playing checkers. And they're smart. They figured it
0: out. And they've got, you know, like I will give the biggest shout out to our friend Jeff Porter and that team over at the Florida Justice Association. They've got like a team of like maybe eight or ten people. You know, like none of the big firm, lobbying firms are going to rep them. But it, they are able to like, they're able to stymie. How many insurance lobbyists oh, are sure. there up there? No, that's true. It's, but, but, it but, is,
2: it's, but they figured the game out, right? Why should we support members when we can become the members?
0: <laughs> um I want to transition a little bit just to talk about your legacy Um, as people that don't know your term limited out. Um, Here's the question. So I will give you the full credit. Like you were so right on the property insurance issue. And you and I have joked offline about like how many times, you know, you've been right about stuff that has turned out to be true. And I feel like you're kind of. Um, you know, the mythical figure, Cassandra, where it's just like you kept, hey, don't go open in that Trojan horse. It's not going to be good for you. And nobody's listening to them. Instead of, you know, I don't want to butter you up and say all the times you were right. I want you to think a little bit ahead. What is the ticking time bomb for Florida politics after property insurance? What's If you were serving another four years and somehow this issue solved, what would you be like fixated on next as your big brand issue that you kind of like it's, get it's really started.
2: it's really all of the things that come along with growth like florida is, is going to grow exponentially it's it's like you know we have all of these retirees who are coming here and yes some people will claim it's for freedom it's probably largely because of weather and tax status uh, for the most part <laughs> um, but but florida has taken a turn it's now a cool hip place to be like miami is growing with engineers and finance companies people are fleeing out of new york and connecticut it's the managing the growth. So how do we talk more about housing uh, housing affordability? And what does that look like? What do we need to do to make that bro- work? Um, electrification of vehicles. Today, less than 3% of the vehicles on Florida's roads are electric. We're the second largest state for electric vehicles. But by the end of the decade, it's going to be 15 to 25% of all new cars sold. How are you going to evacuate a million vehicles when there's a hurricane? So we need to be thinking about the transportation network as well. Um, and, And that plays into kind of all of the other things that come along with this kind of exponential growth. But I think my big takeaway from 12 years of Tallahassee is so many areas of public policy in Tallahassee are dealt with on a tactical basis versus a strategy. Right there. Is, what is the long-term strategy for your prison system? I've been in the, working in the criminal justice system for years. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, I, what's your long-term strategy for housing? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. There definitely isn't a long-term strategy for property insurance. What's your long-term strategy for healthcare? Because we're sixty thousand nurses short by twenty thirty-five. Like what? What? What are all these long-term strategies? And for the most part, it's like the shrug emoji. We don't know.
0: Well, it, I mean, I'll, and I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. We don't have. Where's the where is the think tank apparatus that is like, hey, okay, we're not talking about this legislative session. Let's talk about goals 2030. And like, right. what do we need to do to start? Like, you know, the chamber does a little bit of that, but like, they don't do it as much as they used to. And it's just like, there isn't, it's, it's literally whack-a-mole when it comes to, uh, you know, the issue du jour up there when they're not talking about some sort of performative red meat issue. It's, Um, Oh, well, we heard something we read. a a Tucker Carlson talked about something on on Tuesday. So let's pass a bill today. You're like, did anybody think about like what the you know, the the, what do you call the multiplier effects of this legislation is going to be? And you just there is there's little of that. I really don't see anybody. It's all
2: tactical. It's like every two years we go and erase the whiteboard and start over. Mm -hmm. And we aren't talking to experts. Right. I couldn't tell you who the expert on housing affordability in Florida is. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Because they don't come to the legislature. Yeah. Um, You know, where's the, you know, and and I would say the only area of public policy I think breaks out from that mold is probably education because Jeb still is very heavily involved in education, at least on the leadership side.
0: I'd say a little bit on healthcare too. I think because healthcare, I think healthcare has become so Byzantine. I mean, it's always been Mm -hmm. hard to break through, but I think now it's just siloed out so much that. Quite honestly, there's nothing sexy about it anymore. And so, like the 27 year old that gets elected to the state house now is just like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to deal with this. I want to go deal with uh, freedom and and putting up boat flags or well, something like that. Well, that's the thing is,
2: you know, most of the members in Tallahassee are an inch deep and a mile wide. And so when members come see me and they say, well, what should I work on? How what does take on? My my first advice to them is like, find an area of public policy you really care about and learn it better than everybody else.
1: It's great right. advice.
2: And and you know, become indispensable to the legislature in one topic well but jeff i mean
0: not that you were part of it but you're a republican and you've helped build this majority another thing if when you it used to be you would elect a doc peden mm-hmm. and hey you're going to be on the health care committees because hey you're a doctor and dennis jones you're a chiropractor why don't we get you on insurance and health care and there was that and Now, if you are pulling up 24 to 26, 28 year olds, and their real only experience is that they've worked inside of a political party.
2: Right. They've been a legislative aide. They've
0: been a legislative aide. They don't have, like, what's your life experience? Well, I work for Senator so and so. No, no, no. What do you do outside of this? I'm like, never done that. You've never signed a check or a pay, you know, the back of a paycheck. You've never, you know, well, not, what is it? You've never signed the front of a paycheck. paycheck, Right. You've never
1: really had a budget that you've had to manage
0: and you're not a sm- you, you like, it's, I would... It's kind of no longer a citizen so, Let us, yeah, legislature, so, so right? So
2: listen, Milton Friedman said you're never going to get the right people in public office. The best you can hope for is to make it politically popular for the wrong people to do the right thing. <laughs> That's a great quote. That's, right, so, so we have to recognize that Throughout the history of Florida and the United States, we've never had the perfect people in public office. Every now and then, you get a Jeb Bush who comes in there with a plan and acts and and has a vision for what he wants to create and and really makes a major move forward. Like Baker did when he was mayor of St. Petersburg, he had a plan and he executed on it. And we're still reaping the benefits of kind of that plan today because it was that transformational to the city.
0: Having any kind of plan, quite honestly, is better than like what you have right now, which is zero plan. Like I'm always surprised... And I've been critical to both Wilton and Chris about it. Like I remember when, say what you want, but like Weatherford and Gates, they did the the plan package. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning, they're like, "Here's our four things." Turned out some of those ideas were really bad. Like especially like the campaign finance reform stuff, where they, they basically just created political committees that people can funnel all this money through and all that stuff. But there was the work plan, and mm-hmm. like they went around and they t- talked about it, and it's like. Like I'm, I'm amazed. Like on day one of session, there isn't like House Bill One, which is the reform this system bill that we worked on for the last year. It's just like, well, we might get to that. And so there's, and that's happened the last couple of times. I think I, I, I will say this, and this is not just a, I mean, I like Speaker Sprouls, but I really, I do like the seriousness. I think of Renner, Pasadomo, Garrison, that, that group right there. I think that there is a. I don't think that they can make themselves immune to the pressures of the governor's office. Um, but I think there's a little more wisdom there.
2: Yeah, they're going to have to play an interesting game. Obviously, as we get closer to the presidential election, it's, it's the, the politics are going to get ramped up here uh, as, as DeSantis gets closer to running. And so they're still going to have to play those, but they're also going to have to do real things, too. Yeah. Uh, you know. So we, you know, yeah, we did an immigration bill that doesn't really do anything. We did this Stop Woke Act that nobody can point to, in this, in the Don't Say Gay bill, which we still haven't found a second grader in Florida, to my knowledge, that has been instructed on their gender identity. <laughs> um, so I, I think you, you've seen these three bills come out, and but they're great talking points. I mean, the, the 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 rule of politics is if you're explaining, you're losing. And so we put great titles on bills, and we say, look, we passed this great immigration bill, yeah. and then you go, well, what did it do? And, and every member kind of goes, well, I don't really know what it does, but it ta- it's, but it's an immigration But freedom. Bill. But freedom, right? I mean, freedom, free state right? of Florida. That's, that's exactly right. We did what we could do. We got
1: a great campaign slogan out but, of it.
2: And so, so, but so you have to we re- have to hold everything up to the light of does this help with the presidential run? And when you when you realize that, but in the meantime, what the challenge that Renner and Pasadoma are going to have is they got real problems that they're going to have to manage. You've got to grow a state that's growing exponentially. You've got an insurance crisis that's terrible. You've got your prison system that ain't getting better because we haven't put the resources to fix that yet. Um, And it's still on the decline. You've got got an education system that you still have to make some significant investments. And just to recruit teachers. I mean, listen, we all talk about, oh, we've raised a teacher salary. Like, we're going to have to go much higher in order to just get people to go into that profession in college
1: yes we, because, we definitely are and it's it is a crisis
2: right because the delta between nurses and, and educators can't be 000, mm, right. a hundred thousand dollars right which is where we're headed yes and so we're gonna have to make some of these strategic moves over the next few years to right-size this um, and that's gonna take some some bold leadership
0: all right so what is your uh, what what are you doing for the foreseeable future here I mean other than hanging out with Natalie and the kids uh, I know you're flying a lot, and yeah. that's uh, that's. Well, your, you know, I mean,
1: speaking of legacy, you guys just did something huge for our community. You just donated land for affordable housing, so we're doing, right? Yeah,
2: so we're building a 264-unit affordable housing complex. Uh, on, that'll be really uh, um, I didn't uh, see this. Exciting, this is
1: amazing. This is something I, I, so mean, I knew ex- I loved yeah. Jeff already. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's an, an ex-
2: exciting it. project that we're going to be doing in uh, uh, next to Gibbs High School. Okay. So we're really excited about that. Oh, is that the, yeah, oh, okay. and so we're going to be doing we're going to be we're going to be doing that project, and that's really going to be a almost a pilot project for me, but also one that I, I'm I'm going to put some research and development into, so we can learn from it and grow. Yeah. Um, and so you know we're we're working on that, but really the next thing for me is well, we're going to start a 501c3 that really focuses on us creating a strategy in four areas: criminal justice property insurance, transportation, and housing affordability, and really not thinking of it as a think tank, but really a best practices bank, where we identify with the best practice in the country that we believe is, where is Florida currently, and then what are the steps to get there? And then how do we take five to seven members of the legislature and really educate them deeply, provide them the expert network they need to make better decisions, and kind of lay out this roadmap that doesn't exist on areas of public policy for the state? I mean, listen, we're the third largest state in the country. We're one of the largest economies in the world. Mm-hmm. And yet we're managed day to day with no long-term strategy. And and the ambiguity is killing us.
1: Well, I'm thrilled to hear that public service is still kind of where you're going. You might not be in the legislature, but it sounds like what you're doing next might even be more important. Right? It,
0: it, it's the same thing I told. Like, so, you know, we're close with Will and everything like that. And, like, Will has been... They've, people have wanted him to run, you know, every two years. Like, sure. hey. And I said it to him. I'm like, listen, you're – because I think he and I are the same age. I think all three of us are all mm-hmm. 45, 46. And I'm like, if you get to the starting not line – Not me. I'm not that old. Not you are. Just to be clear. <laughs> you get to the starting line and you're 50 and you want to run for whatever. And you can say you have a you raised a family and have got most of them out of the door – you were speaker or, in your case, a state senator and representative for 12 years and a huge business background. That's a better starting point than 95 percent of the candidates. So, yeah, maybe your profile drops a little bit in the media and you're not. Mm-hmm. Your background and your expertise is going to be better than the you know 26-year-old state committee woman that's decided that okay. she
2: wants more freedom. And honestly, you have access to the best team. Yeah. Right. And I'm yeah. somebody who believes the team the, the, the team with the best players usually wins. And so what that experience gives you is just access to the best players.
0: Well, look at all I mean, all of your team, and you know, I've been proud to be a minor part of that in early on, but all your team is like still going, still flourishing. You know, you've got top staffers in the governor's office, or people that started with you became top staffers in the governor's office, other offices became successful lobbyists. You know etc so the brandis family tree is uh, you know is it's alive and well. well listen
2: that's for me it's one of my proudest uh, accomplishments is that to see the people that you work with and, and help guide through a couple of years go off and do amazing things and uh, you know i have been really proud of where all my team has kind of landed and the work that they're doing now and frankly it's it's you know especially on this property insurance thing i haven't been part of the kind of conversations but i know chris has yeah and I'm like, you know, my comment was, Chris, I'm not going to call you, but I trust you. Yeah. And that's all I need.
0: Right. Um, let's close up with some rapid fire. Do you have any quick rapid fires? I have a couple.
1: What do you think the Bucks schedule? What do you think the Bucks' record's going to be this year? Uh, they're
0: going to go all the way.
1: They're going to go all the way. Okay. They're going to
0: go all the way? All the way. What, what month does Ron DeSantis declare for president?
2: Um, so is Trump running or not?
0: That, I have my theory that he gets out first. Like I, we were talking about in the per- previous segment, I think he jumps in like May or June of 2023, yeah, I and think, then he's I think he gets not out running against Trump. He's just running.
2: I think he's early. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to get out early. Um, you know, I'm not a political consultant, so I don't know how that's going to play out. But I think he if, he, if he does it, he's doing everything he can in building the right team to get out early.
0: On a, a grade, Ken Welch right now, Mayor of St. Pete. I know you care oh. about St. Pete. Where do you think – how do you think the city –
2: is right now. I don't want to do that. Okay. You don't have to do <laughs> no, listen. listen uh, you know, I'll, I'll, it's been a hundred days. Let's let it play out a little longer and give him some time.
1: And he he inherited some stuff that he's having to address. So let's give him some time. He, to look, Ken's big problem agenda, is, right?
2: is is he's damned if he gentrifies and he's damned if he doesn't. That's a great point. Yeah, he's he's got to. The housing issue is real. They've got to fix the permitting office. That's the big issue right now, in in, in the city, from what I'm hearing, what I'm talking to people is just it's taking forever to get it's permits always, The this whole permitting
0: process back. has always been a problem in St. Pete, and it is, it is it has kept us back uh, for 30 years. So yeah. So
2: so put the effort and time and energy to fix that one yeah. thing, right? Fix one thing. I mean, I think St. Pete, honestly, the developers have really are, are the reason St. Pete is shining the way it is, is because they've come in. They have spent the two years getting through the permitting process right. and are, are rocking and rolling. This is, I mean, what, what you're seeing in St. Petersburg is a renaissance, unlike almost anywhere else in Florida right now.
0: I think it's, a, I mean, it,
2: it's, it's, an the, amazing and it's the city. third
0: renaissance that St. Sure, that right. Peter's has had, right. which is like always the interesting part. Like, you bring up the word gentrify, and I've been saying this for, like, I think I've been writing this for, like, 10 years. I'm like, you realize that, like, Taylor Morrison or, you know, the home developers, they're just going to come in and they're going to buy all of Midtown or South St. Petersburg or the gas plant district because, mm-hmm. in case you haven't noticed, it's a couple of blocks away from the water. I can buy up houses at $100,000 a pop. I can knock it all down, and boom, I've got a 500000 House yeah, development look, right that's near the, the water.
2: Therein lies the challenge, right? It's all about density, and and so they're going to really have to focus on how do we how do we focus on density, and how do we uh, how do we encourage developers to add affordability to their product. Yeah. And so I think what they're doing is right. I mean, anything where you say you know it's twenty percent affordable will add a, a density bonus. I think that's the right policy, uh, and and I think they've got to but they've got to find the expert that they trust. That is. They need almost like a czar, this. like they, in a way,
0: don't they? They like really that they just,
2: well. They just need somebody who's going to push the permitting office, who's going to work with the development teams, yeah. who's going to help arrange the financing and everything else. Or that, that's that's kind of got the big bold plan yeah. for this thing. I think that's my one takeaway that I've I've had recently is, look, you're about to have a very young legislative team. You've gone from a very senior legislative team to a very young one. Right, Sprouse is out. I'm gone. You know, Roussan's only got a couple of years left. You're, you're going to have a new state senator, a bunch of new House members, uh, and and they're going to have to learn because it takes a long time to kind of learn this process and these people. And so we're, we're going to have, you know, whether it be congressmen or whatever, it's very young team where yes. we've had a very experienced team before. Uh, that's going to that's gonna, there's going to be a learning curve. But the deeper problem I think right now is, is who is the coalescing force that's bringing St. Pete College and USF, the hospitals, the city, and convening them and saying, "What's the master plan? Like, what's the big vision for the next ten years in in, in the Tampa Bay market in the in the St. Petersburg area? And how are we going to execute on that? Is that a nursing school at USF? Is that a combination nursing school think of USF that. and St. College? What what are where are we? What are we doing to kind of put this master plan together?"
0: I didn't realize I mean again it's like you don't see like what's right in front of you like that Moffitt 300 million dollar plant like that's a game changer that's a total game changer I mean you were it's not dropping a bowling ball in a bathtub I mean, you're dropping a bathtub in a bathtub right. I mean I just and like
2: so you have this healthcare. I would be planning
0: all about. I mean, like if I'm sure. Ken Welch, I'm, I'm working about that every that. day.
2: Look, like, yeah, right. You have a healthcare hub in St. Petersburg. You have a finance hub in yeah. St. Petersburg. You have an arts hub in St. Petersburg. You're gonna to have to need. You need to focus on making an education hub in St. Petersburg. Keep,
0: and you've got to keep all of that safe. You can't. You know, you've got to have somebody to make sure that if you've got, if you've got young nurses, if you've got young students down here, you know, you got to make sure that this is that, that it's safe and that they can get around and that it doesn't fall. You know to some of the other urban issues that are you know beguiling other right. big cities and at the same
2: time you realize that st petersburg has been the bedroom community for the beaches where they get their staff and and the people that work down there and now they're having to live in par- you know parish uh <laughs> right. south of the bridge and that's not a long-term solution either so we have to be focusing on these solutions uh that, that address the greater st petersburg area not just Downtown St. Pete.
0: That's what Baker said to me once. Was uh, I'm like, if you were working in downtown St. Pete and you and you had to pick some place where you had to live down there, where would you live? He's like across the Skyway, and you know because you you can get into not in a not in a like a, a good way, but like that's where you can affordably live sure. and then come be a, a waiter or a a nurse or right. a, a, a right. so custodial we- staff or something like that. The people that keep the whole thing going. They can't live on Beach Drive, but right. where can they live? Do you, you have any other questions? Because I want to. All
1: right. Well, speaking of St. Pete, where do you think the Ray's Stadium is? That was
0: my question.
2: That's our, That was going to be my last question. Um, I, <laughs> I ultimately think it goes down to LA.
0: Okay.
2: I think, you know, whether there's parking issues or whether they believe that it's going to be underwater because of, you know. Global warming, whatever. I think ultimately that's probably the best location. Um, they would have to build out into the bay a little bit, but I think that that could be done. Um, I don't think you're going to get rid of Witted. Um, I think that's a fool's errand to think that you're going to get rid of Albert Witted. Um, but I think that that's probably the, the best place for it. But if you were, but if it was up to me, I would swap the team for a basketball team or something else. And, and the reason is this: baseball stadiums are really hard to program for anything else besides baseball. And so if you want if you think about it in terms of venue nights in lieu of just having a baseball team and how many times I can fill that venue up there's a reason Vinick gets, you know, all the concerts because you know and so how do you how do you build a better venue for venue nights and tourism than just focusing on baseball?
0: We also you know what we also need down here. We need a world-class conference center. Like yeah, that has right. been That's, my yeah, it number a, one a thing it's like, in uh, our like, downtown. We're having a retreat and not that we would be big enough for that but it's like we're, we're going to the Hyatt place. It's like where do oh, you Oh, there's no conference where here. do you go for I like mean, even a, the Venois There's not even enough Vinoy, hotel space downtown. We love the Venois but it's like you're in like the subterranean area part of the Venois. Right, it's right. Like, so, it's so,
2: awesome. so that's that's one of the big pieces that's missing. But yeah. even the Tampa Convention Center is not big enough. Yeah. Right, and so th- this area I mean, maybe that's part of the redevelopment of the TROP site is, is you could put a big conference center there but look, you need those kind of key drivers Uh, And I think a stadium could be a part of that. Uh, But again, if it was a, I think that's where the stadium ends up. But if it was up to me, I would find a stadium where we could fill and and a sports team that we could get better nights from. All right.
0: Um, Well, with that, uh, we are, uh, we're just happy to see you. You know, we, uh, we love hanging out with you. We haven't seen enough of you. Um, So thanks for joining us. Good luck next week. It'll be you coming up. I'm going to come up Monday just to get a a feel for it. Oh, you are? Yes on the calendar at not all. on my calendar <laughs> okay. not on my calendar if you read, it's okay you,
2: we, can, we can fly up together <laughs> he's
1: afraid of small planes okay well you know, yeah yeah well, i got you. yep no i can't get him to
2: we'll cure
0: that all right so we'll planes, be uh, planes, back on our pod uh hopefully I are gonna figure out how we're gonna maybe somebody's gonna come over and record at the bar at the jw we always do like we do still have we did it like one year and it was kind of funny because it was just like we kept running into more political people. With some
1: of the Brandis crew. And that's, that's who we do yeah, it with. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, this was He Said. She Said. Thank you for listening.